So this person wrote in and said, I've just turned 30 and I'm feeling completely stressed out. I'm single, dating isn't going well, and I always thought I'd have my own family by now. Did you guys ever feel this way and how do people overcome these feelings help? Welcome to Parenthood, where each week we explore the lives of Aussie mums and dads and what's really going on behind closed doors. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, mum of two, business owner and relationship coach. This segment is Real Talk, where Liv and I discuss the trials and tribulations of parenting. Let's begin. Welcome to the show. Real, real, real Talk. Real Talk. We are back. We're back. Tell me, <laughs> hen's party. Oh, the best. Can I just say, do you know how long it's been since I've been on a girls' trip? Like, it's definitely pre-babies. Like, has I need to, to know everything. Like, like oh, where did you go? The best. So we're in. Um, where were we? We're in Red Hill. Yeah. We did the whole lovely winery extravaganza? You know, okay. for lunch. Sophisticated. Sophisticated until it wasn't sophisticated. <laughs> down the, later on in the evening, but like so lovely. And yeah. what I loved was just being away with a group of women and mm. like just you know the chin wet and you almost forget yeah. that you're actually a mother you're yeah. gonna like yeah. dude like this is like leonie like you know 1.0 i feel like myself i actually oh, yes. just messaged a girlfriend who's just yeah. jumped on a plane going away for a couple of weeks yeah. and i said i hope you party like it's <sighs> 2012 she's going because she's going oh. with our kids it's actually a work trip but oh, an extended right. work trip and i just thought yeah yes. you just won't she particularly hasn't had much time away from her kids. Okay. And I just thought, wow, you're just not going to know oh. yourself. I mean, you're going to miss your babies tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. But to just not have to follow the beat of their drum and just do oh. what you want when you want. Yes. Yeah. And know that you can wake up in the morning and you don't have to care for someone and just kind of sleep in or do whatever you have to do for that day, but you just have to worry yeah, about yourself. There's no one putting a finger up your nose to wake you up. You're actually right. just waking up yourself when You're your like, body wants nice. to wake up. Yeah. Oh. Like, so much less jarring oh. than what I'm used to. So, yeah, look, it was absolutely amazing. I just, you know, and something so nice about, I mean, it was two nights away and something so nice about we love our girls lunches yeah. and things like that but to know that you can just have the whole evening and then yeah. go to bed when you want to and then wake up the next day yeah. and then still you know be together it was so lovely and I feel like we've missed um today we are talking about uh, the panic years and mm. uh what you know leading up to mm. weddings etc but we a lot of our friends uh, got married several years ago right yeah. so we haven't had many opportunities yeah. recently to go to a hen's day yeah. i've actually you know? got a hen's day coming up too so Do i'm you? super excited oh. we're staying in town but i just okay. can't wait to let yes. my hair down with yes. yeah a gorgeous group of girls and it's always like high energy because it's like mum's gone wild yeah. like we are free <laughs> and because you just want to make sure that this bride has the best time yes. of her life yes <laughs> it's like, it is all about the bride kind of it's also about our freedom for like 24 oh, hours yeah. oh yeah oh that's <laughs> Sounds super fun. Yeah, no, it was awesome. So today, as I mentioned, we're talking. We actually had someone call in, um, well, DM uh, us via Instagram about this topic, and I thought it was kind of cool because although it's not parenting related specifically, mm-hmm. I know a lot of a number of our listeners do not have children, right? Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, and it's also just an interesting topic for us to explore. So this person wrote in and said, I've just turned 30 and I'm feeling completely stressed out. I'm single, dating isn't going well, and I always thought I'd have my own family by now. Did you guys ever feel this way and how do people overcome these feelings help? Oh, my goodness. Uh, did I feel like this yeah. personally? Yes. Yeah. I felt huge societal 
or my own internal pressure, not mm. anyone else's pressure. Yeah. I just think that probably from a young age I was the girl that wrote myself a letter probably when I was 14 and 15 that said by the time that you're 30 you'll have you'll be married, you'll have a kid and you'll have a good job and you'll be doing these things. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted my life to follow a plan. We all know that life does not follow a plan mm. the way in which we intend. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear that listener and go, I feel you, sister. I think so many women and men, yeah. um, I don't think it's unique to women, mm. feel, yeah, a sense of the ticking clock for mm. women obviously, but yeah. also, yeah, as you get towards your late 20s, early 30s, even late 30s mm. obviously for so many people mm. and if the timing hasn't happened in the way that you think, it's, yeah, it can be very scary and overwhelming and, you know, you go to the degree of is it ever going to happen to me, what's mm. wrong with me, mm. you know, where am I going to be in six months, let alone two years, let alone five years. Oh, it's Yeah, it's a lot and it's interesting. I mean, I, if I reflect on my journey, I met a guy when I was 27, 28 in Sydney that I literally thought I was going to mm. marry. So I was like, cool, locked and loaded, mm. this is amazing, I've got my life sorted, this is exactly how it was always meant to go. And then, you know, we break up when I'm, think, I'm 29, I moved to Bondi, I'm single there for a year, best year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come back to Melbourne third. And like I'm attending your wedding live, I'm attending other friends' hens days and engagement parties, and I'm single back at my parents' house because I I ended up buying a place, but it was tenanted for six months, so I lived with my parents. And mm. then so I was really like, oh my yeah. gosh, how how yeah. has my life gone from me and this beautiful apartment in Potts yeah. Point in Sydney with my guy that I'm going to marry mm. and have beautiful babies with to like two years later, I mm. here I am at my parents' house with like mum going, so will you be home for dinner? You know, <laughs> I'm not, like, it's not a place you want to be. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm scrolling on Insta and Facebook uh. going, what? And to your point, like, why, what have I done wrong? Mm. Or why won't, why didn't I have that journey mm. that it seems like everyone else has? Mm. And I guess, I mean, to round out that, what ended up happening for me was I think, I don't know, I think I was in Melbourne for like six to eight months and mm. then I reconnected with Jules, my ex, my very first boyfriend, yeah. and then, you know, and then things happened quite quickly for us when we decided we were going to be together. Um, I think about 18 months later I was actually pregnant, I was mm. engaged and all the things, right? So it happened quite quickly yeah. because we knew each other. But I definitely understand that feeling of just like, like it's almost a, even a worthy piece. Like mm. why has mm. this not happened mm. for me? I mean, like when I look at you though, Liv, I feel like your journey, talk us through your journey a little bit more with like the Mark Sitch as far okay. as w what happened for you. What was your timeline? Uh, so I met Mark very, very young, 22, maybe just turned 22. Wow, you're and if you remember yeah. me at 22, I was really for Friday night drinks, really, and perhaps even Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> big party girl, you know, really kind of career-focused but really not so interested in settling down. I think I craved a long-term relationship and something that was stable, but mm. I was fairly selfish if I really think about it. So mm. it was all about me rather than nothing about Mark, who was a little bit older. Uh, I often say he's 20 years older, but he's actually just five. So <laughs> at 22, wise. I was saying he was 35. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, he's nearly 50. Yeah. No, he's only five years older. Yeah. Um, but we were, you know, 22 and 27, oh, yeah. you are really in different places yeah. in your life. Yeah. So we had, you know, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop for 
or, you know, gosh, almost six years. Mm-hmm. I obviously, yeah, went to London for a little bit too. Mm-hmm. I think at the time I was in my head thinking I'm going get to as, get as far away from him as I possibly can and about six months into being in London I went, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Um, picked up the phone. Hey, honey, I'm coming back to surprise mum and dad for their 60th. What about we have dinner? And thankfully he was happy to see me and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was plenty of dating and mm-hmm. I needed to go through all of those spirits experiences to, you know, be sure that he was the one. You know, 22 is so young to meet someone and even if there was part of me that thought, yeah, I really love this guy Mm. but is, you know, I'm 22, like there are other fish in the sea, you know, I want to go and explore. But certainly, yeah, it was nice to be anchored back to him Mm. and know that he was the person for me after that time apart, similar to you and Jules. Yeah, we had a very similar story. And I think it's interesting as well because, I mean, I met Jules when I was 20 and we dated for four years and I just, I I was like, well, everyone just like cooks you dinner and everyone tells you you're beautiful and everyone Mm. is affectionate. Like Mm. I was like, most guys would have to be like that because I didn't know any different. And then as you know, I had a number of relationships in between, but then that one that the guy that I thought I was going to marry in Sydney, um, that was probably one of my toughest, biggest learning curve of a relationship, I would say. But that really kind of cemented me, my values, and what I knew I wanted yeah. in a relationship moving yeah. forward. Yeah. It took me a while to get there. I was completely yeah. heartbroken. And I say this for those of you who might have come out of a relationship recently and felt like, God, were they the one mm. or God, where, mm. where to from here? I felt completely um, dismissed and because this is the first relationship where I'd been broken up with, mm. right? I wanted to, I was hanging on like for dear life, even mm. though I knew this relationship was really bad for mm. me um, and for him equally. But he, and then he eventually just kind of kicked me to the curb in a way. And then I was like, oh my God. And so there I am trying to like, you know, validate myself and, but then feeling awful. Mm. And so what do I do? I go on a dating rampage to make other people. The portfolio. <laughs> we'll need, we probably need a whole episode <laughs> For the, for the portfolio. I was big on diversifying my portfolio when it came to um, different dating experiences and uh, not settling for one person. Yes. And I think that was bred out of probably fear um, of letting anyone come too close to me like that mm. again and because they can just, uh, uh, on a whim, just change mm. their mind. Mm. And I think this was and one of the clinches for that relationship that was unsuccessful was that I, although I was living in Sydney, I knew I wanted to have a family in Melbourne. Yeah. I knew I, that's where my base was going to be. When mm. I met this person, I was very clear, like week one, day mm. one, I'll, I'm living here and we can travel and et cetera, but I want to be back in Melbourne. He was all about it. He said, I'll move to Melbourne tomorrow. Mm. Then after a, a period mm. of time when we things got a little bit tough, he was like, I'm not moving to Melbourne. And I just felt I'm such like a I hang on to people's words and I, I, I'm so like not flexible. So I was like, how dare you change your mind? But he has every right to change his mind. Yeah, maybe he you was, know? yeah, not certain in the relationship yeah. and, you know, for yeah. him to uproot and come down to Melbourne and, you know, there were, we all know, I mean, yeah, going through that time, that, mm. yeah, it was very complex and challenging for all of you. Right, but, yeah, but people can change plans, their minds. Yes, yeah, and I'm such a planner. And so I guess I, I was really fearful after that. I'm like, God, people can actually change their minds on a whim yeah. and that can impact me hugely. Like, yeah. oh, my goodness, no one come too close, but I'm just going to have a lot of fun. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, you know, it's a big decision. And I guess to the point, um, and, you know, we've still got some um, girlfriends who are single as well um, and, you know, they're mid-30s now, call it. But the one thing I say to a particularly a really close friend of mine is don't just 
don't settle because trust me, when you have those children, it is so testing. Or the next, yeah, the th- you know, life is long. You yes. know, I, I often think and reflect on mm. perhaps some past relationships yeah. and if you'd settled with that person, you know, how quickly, you know, your interests, your values, life would have been tested. Life mm. relationships, mm. as we've spoken about so much on the pod, yeah. are just so challenging. Yes. So you need to know that you can, you know, that person's your ride and die and yep. you're going to sail some really, really rough seas together yep. and you've got to get through it. And if you're lukewarm on that and to your point you throw a baby into the mix, you often hear of relationships where oh. couples have a baby too to say, I mean, that just yeah, blows my blows mind. mind. Um, but, yeah, you you, know, you have to be so certain. My brother and sister-in-law, they met when they were 39. They've got mm-hmm. two little kids that they had in, you know, they're like, well, just about, yeah, when they met and yeah. into their early 40s. And yep. there are so many other stories like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just great that society's changing too, that so many women mm-hmm. and men yep. are having children on their own if they so choose to. Mm, yeah. Um, so thankfully, yeah, you know, me- medicine mm. and is, has come such a far long way to oh, be able to allow that. Absolutely. And I think about even my mother's group and, you know, I live in a sort of inner city, so I'm in South Yarra, and the, the women in my mother's group a lot, I was easily yeah. one of the youngest. Yeah. Like most were in their mid-30s to 40s. We had two women who had babies on their own. Actually, one had a baby, the sperm donor was her best gay best friend. And so it's almost like this baby now has three parents in a way because it's like the couple, the two beautiful um, uh, uh, guys and my friend. So three are kind of, you know, they've created their own family because she never found the guy that she wanted to be with um, in in that way. And so – and my other girlfriend in my um, mother's group just had the baby on her own. And yeah. I'm not, I mean, honestly, hat goes off to all of the single parents mm. out there. Like mm. it is no mm. easy feat. However, the point you're making is that, you know, there are different ways to have a family and to not feel that pressure of settling because trust me, when you are sleep deprived, you have milk coming out of your everywhere <laughs> or even if you're just sleep surprised full stop and you're a guy just being like what the when you're managing a household, household and oh. a mental load that we talk about so yep. often that yeah you have to be a real partnership you're gonna want to know that you're going into battle with your best friend yes. and someone who's gonna have your back yeah the, the whole way we are briefly interrupting today's episode to give a shout out to a non-profit that the parenthood pod is proudly supporting the nappy collective Parents do their best with what they have, but what if, even at your best, you can't put clean nappies on your child? Meanwhile, in other families, children grow so fast, leaving parents wondering what to do with their leftover nappies. The Nappy Collective connects those unused nappies with families who need them the most. The Nappy Collective invites you to donate your leftover nappies to one of the 500 collection points across Australia letting families in crisis know that somebody cares. Go to thenappycollective.com and see the show notes for further details. The panic is too, I mean, we're speaking a lot about dating and babies. Mm. I think it happens a lot in your career Mm. from a career perspective too. I really suffered the panic is mm. um, in my late 30s when I knew, I mean, closely linked to having a baby, mm. I was getting married, I knew that a baby was around the corner and I remember crying to my boss going, I need this promotion, like this is it's part of the plan. I'm mm. so worried that my career is not 
is going to take a step back mm. when I have this baby. I was madly panicked mm. and emotional and stressed and perhaps even immature in the way that I was managing it because I was so anxious. Mm. I think, you know, this time of late 20s to early 30s and probably beyond mm. for women and men, career baby relationships, mm. um, yeah, is just hugely overwhelming. Absolutely. Um, and particularly when if you think about it, you may be the sole breadwinner for a period of time once you have that baby, mm. for example. I mean, if even from a, you know, yeah, whichever perspective you look at it, someone generally will stay home with the baby, mm. paternity, maternity, mm. leave, whatever that looks like. But, yeah, there's that additional pressure of, okay, I've got costs, <laughs> additional mm. costs coming in, mm. and I want to have security for my mm. family unit. Do you see that? in the work that you're doing in HR? Like do people, do you see people coming to you when they're, you know, looking to start a family and panicking? Def- oh, do I say it all the time? No, yeah. because I think most of the panicking happens in isolation, but you do mm. start to see some behaviours and given I really went through it, mm. you know, I've got a team of young, you know, mostly young women who mm. are in their late 20s, early 30s, mm. and I try and talk to them as much as I possibly can about, yeah, the opportunities and how to manage through it and allowing them space that they can talk about how they're feeling so that they know what the the plan is for their career and growth around whatever else is happening in their life. Mm. Um yeah, it's not a time that I wish to go back to. Not right. And even thinking about panic, I know that um, – I mean, let's talk about the panic that can set in when you have a plan for when you want to have a child and oh. that plan doesn't go to plan. <laughs> well, precisely. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, there's no greater panic for mm. so many, yeah, families when, yeah, it starts to take four, five, six, seven, eight, 12 plus months to fall pregnant and, you know, the stress that, yeah, comes with that so Absolutely. yeah it's not an easy road but it, the best thing to do is just probably seek some external assistance yes. I would say so from a career perspective I think a lot of organizations will have EAP programs but obviously from a yeah IVF or yeah falling pregnant obviously your GP is the first place to start yeah. and talking about it sooner rather than later yes you know you often I mean you you when you start to have wanting to plan for a baby too, mm-hmm. you're unsure of, you know, I've been trying, you know, in my case mm-hmm. we've been trying for four or five months, at what point do you seek help? I think yeah. if you Google it, it says something like minimum of six months. Mm. Well, why? Like, yes. no, you don't have to, like, if it, <laughs> so I think you just got to do what's right for you yes. uh, around any of that and, yeah, most importantly talk to somebody about it if you are feeling overwhelmed and anxious about yeah, things that you can't control in your life. Yeah, so many elements. Like just think about this conversation yeah, that huge. is just so out of yeah. your control. But what you can do is, yeah, as you said, just I think also just making clear and and good decisions. So to this person um, who called in being like, I'm single, I'm stressed out, and, I'm, you know, to, we were sort of saying earlier, I, we both understand that feeling, I think – not feeling like, you know, you've got to tick the box on certain timelines in life, which is much easier said than done, but understanding that there are implications for every decision that you make. Our divorce rate is over, well, it's 50%. So, I mean, there's probably a handful of people who went ahead and got married and were like, pretty sure, you know, but then I wonder how much society pressure also... Yeah, I I don't know. I think divorce is probably just more socially accepted these days too, that if... It's not working, 
then, you know, you're more likely to throw in the towel and go, you know, life's yeah. long and I'm not going to waste any time yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favourite sayings that I've said to these girls mm. too, and I might have even shared it on the pod previously, is just trust the timing of your life. Yeah. You know, I think like even buying the house, house lead, yeah. like you, and I know it's easier said than done, yeah. um, but you do just have to put yourself in the right situation, trust the timing, do all the right things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be shocking in the dating pool at the moment, I, you know, and I really feel for people who mm. are dating with yeah. apps. I mean, it's completely different yes. to when we were going to pubs and We're meeting you know, people having in a the conversation wild. and, you know, if we didn't like them, yeah. then you'd just walk away. Yeah. So, you know, women and men are being rejected more. In fact, mm. Jesse Stevens was talking on Q&A about this not so long ago yeah. about, you know, women and men are just feeling so down because mm. they've never been rejected more if you think about yes. it. Like if you're not, I don't even know, swipe left, swipe, swipe right. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Someone doesn't swipe on you yeah. or whatever or happens. Or they ghost you. you or, go, or like, yeah, don't like you, rejected. Yeah. Whereas we just didn't have those interactions. No. So, I mean, we probably need to have about three podcast episodes on this topic because, as you said, it's so complex yes. from career, dating, children, settling, you know, really questioning all of that. It's yeah, huge. absolutely. And I think like, okay, so how do you prevent yourself from the panic? I think my biggest thing is when I've been in a tough time, it's kind of like, okay, I need to get myself centered and grounded. What makes me grounded and happy? Okay, so I, uh, for me, it's exercise as yeah. much as I can or chat to a girlfriend or or whatever, you know, or go for a coffee or go for a walk with a friend, like, as I'm a social person that, that helps me. But I think it's like, when I think about my toughest mental health challenges, um, for example, for me, postnatal was the big one. What got me back to feeling a little bit more like equilibrium is remembering what lights me up and trying to forget so much about the other things that are trying to drag me down. So I don't know, like, what do you do in a tough time? I think that's right. Control what you can control. Block out the noise. Block out what you think people's expectation is of you. Easier said than done, but you just have to settle back to basics. Mm. And, yeah, to your point, I was having this conversation with someone recently, Mm. you know, just going out and sitting in the sun and, you know, Mm. reading the book and taking time for yourself, you know, whatever your vice is just to – Breathe. Yes. Catch your breath. Set some goals. Mm. They don't all have to be, yeah, personal related. They, mm. you know, there's so many different things that you can do to just have a path and feel happy. Mm. And probably most importantly, feel happy in yourself, especially yeah. in the dating, you know, market that, yeah, you've got, you know, we were always saying that you've got to work on yourself before you are, you know, seem available yes. and attractive because yep. of your self-value and self-worth yes. that you're sharing with others. So. People can smell the de- like a insecurity from a mile yeah. away and it's yeah. not overly yeah. attractive. I'm not saying that, you know, you know, this person's necessarily insecure, but the point is just making sure, as you said, that you feel good within yourself so that you're exhibiting yeah. that positive, yeah. I guess, energy yeah. to others. One other tip that just came to mind is when I was single back in Melbourne, 30 at home at my parents' house panicking. I actually uh, had a session with a relationship coach or I don't know, guru person that I found. And basically one thing she said was write down. So she's like, well, what do you want in relationships? I'm like, I want them to have this, this, this. And she's like, well, that's all external shit. You need to like, that hasn't worked for you, sweetheart. Forget about all that (laughs) stuff. I know what would have been on that list. 
I want to have this type of lifestyle. And she's like, let's talk about what is actually important, which are your values. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? She's like, forget about the shiny bits and pieces that you want in a person that have to go to this uni or have this job or whatever. Who cares about that, mate? It's gets back. uh, Let's get back down to values. So I still remember my three values in a relationship and she made me write them on a cue card and put them on my mirror was passion, respect, and playfulness. Yeah. And I will never forget that because yeah. then after I'd go on every date, I'm like, that guy, mm. I felt it was playful. It was kind of his heart. So like kind of passionate, but then like, do I respect him? Eh, probably not, yeah. you know, or vice versa. Mm. And then when I got to Jules, I was like, oh, wow. Like weirdly, even though I felt like I didn't have that 10 years ago, but now I respect him. I think, you know, we're having, we have fun together and there's passion. So like, okay. And yeah. that kind of helped center me. And meant that you didn't spend time in dead end relationships. Correct which you also see so many people do, just hoping that something will change. change. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's a really great tip to mm. kind of just go back to, yeah, what is it that I'm actually looking for? Yes. And, yeah, make sure that the boxes are ticked. Yes. And then having all those conversations when you are 12, 24 months down the track and thinking about, okay, you're my person. Yeah. Do they want to have kids? Mm. You know, what You know what kind of wedding? What? How do they imagine their partnership working? Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, whatever else it's going to be, the, yeah, you know, critical ingredients to a relationship. You've got to have all of those conversations. Oh, and I think the like the older you are in the dating game, the more like have those conversations up front. Yeah. Like if you yeah. getting engaged that that person doesn't want to have kids and you do, well, sorry, see you, mate. Like you know, before mm. you are so invested that you feel as though you want to shift on those fundamentals mm. that. You know, um, so yeah, I, yeah, so many like interesting oh, things. And I love this. Oh, this is a bit of a throwback oh. for me as far as, um, yeah, these feelings. But to that person who DM'd us, we so feel you. Um, and that we hope that we've given you some little ticks and tips and tricks to sort of consider. It's certainly not an easy, um, one size fits all solution. But, um, yeah, if, if you can feel good in yourself as, as best you can, it's a great place to start. I don't know, yeah. Liv, anything else you wanted to add? Trust the timing of your life. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> like, that could be I just new hashtag. I really yes. genuinely believe yeah. it, whether it's a job opportunity, whether it's a partner, yeah. what it, you can apply that to everything. Yes. So, yeah, I do want to leave it on that thought of, yeah, yeah just trust. Yeah. Go with the flow. I love that. All right, Liv, I'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a rating or review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at ParenthoodPod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.